words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, hearing and understanding of those present would be acceptable in your sight now and forevermore. Amen. Now, I've, I've had some people recently, when I'm talking to them about uh, the fact that I'm a chaplain at the jail, um, I've had some people tell me, well, why even bother with that? Those people aren't worth it. Um, and they're wrong. I, I hope nobody here is of that, of that opinion, because you're going to hear more about the jail today. Um, probably ongoing. It's like I say, I, I, I'm getting so much out of being there. I've had recently also some people asking me when they find out that I just started this job, asking the question, do you like it? Do you enjoy your job? I think enjoy is definitely the wrong word. Um, I was kind of trying to compare it to other things. I mean, one of the things I was thinking about is, is like a guy shingling a roof. It's hot outside. And to be up on a roof doing that all day in the blazing sun I don't think anybody enjoys that. I'm sure at the end of the day, when they look back and look at the work that they did, I, I, I hope they're pleased with what they've accomplished. But while they're standing on the roof banging the nails, I don't think they enjoy that. I'm not sure, but that's my perspective. Of course, I don't like being outdoors much anyway. But I don't think I could really say that I enjoy working at the jail. I find it fulfilling. And often at the end of the day, I can say I feel good about what I've done. I say often because sometimes I'm not sure. I've had a few instances recently I wanted to share with you today. Um, I want to share the scripture first because that kind of uh, uh, leads into it. From Romans chapter 12, verses 14 through 16. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. My chief concern in this passage today is the idea of mourning with those who mourn. It's easy to rejoice with people who are rejoicing, isn't it? But mourning with someone who mourns can be difficult. Have you ever had to deal with someone who was in mourning and you just didn't know what to say? You just didn't know what to say. 
That's really common. And quite honestly, there's not really a good thing to say. I mean, I'm sure you've also been in circumstances where you yourself have been mourning. And someone came to you in an effort to provide you comfort, and they definitely didn't. We have some friends whose uh, son died. Actually, it was quite a long time ago now, in a car accident. It was hit by a drunk driver. He was in his he was in his late twenties, I think, wasn't he? he was Maybe thirty three. Thirty three, engaged to be married. Was well, was just married. Just married. Trying to have kids. Killed by a drunk driver. At his funeral, someone who was certainly well-intentioned approached this young man's mother and said to her, I know exactly how you feel. My ferret died recently. Well-intentioned. Well-intentioned. I've recently faced dealing with people in mourning in the jail. And as I was, I was talking to someone earlier today about it, and, and you know, we realized that it's, it's actually the people in the jail can often be very receptive to faith because they're at their lowest. Just being in jail, you would think, is the lowest, but there is lower. I have found that there is lower. A couple of weeks ago, I was called to meet with a young man. He said he wanted to speak with a chaplain. I had, I had spoken to this young man before. Um, he was new in the faith. New in the faith. And I got in to see him and sat down in the day room to talk with him to find that he, he, he had a little brother. This guy, he's in his upper 20s. He had a little brother who has been missing for a year and a half. Didn't know where he was. But the day before I was there to visit him, they had found his body. Here he is stuck in jail. He can't do anything. He can't be there to comfort his family. He's stuck. And as I am trying to comfort him, I'm thinking we could talk a little bit before he before we pray together, and certainly I would do that, an alarm goes off. 
alarms going off in the jail are never good. Everyone had to get back to their cells. So I grabbed a hold of this man's hand and prayed for him quickly before the guard came over and told me that I had to leave now. That's not a good situation. Not a good situation. The week before last, just as I was getting ready to leave, one day I was called and told there was another young man who had just heard that his father died. That was all I was told. He's here. Go see him. Now, the particular pod he was on was the drug rehabilitation. He had uh, been in for a couple of weeks and was still kind of coming down off of uh, crystal meth. I went in and told the guard who I was, who I was here to see. He said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll let him out. He's, he's calm, he's dealing okay, but he's not in a real good way. It was the guard who had actually called the chapel. This young man has been there for two weeks. The day after he got into jail, his father committed suicide. And the family didn't want to tell him because they thought he'd get upset. And they had, he had just, just now found out. I have learned in a lot of these circumstances to be quiet. I have printed in the bulletin, Proverbs 13, verse 28, even a fool knows when to keep silent. Even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is considered prudent. So I I listen. I was able to sit with this young man for a while and listen. I listened. Talked a little bit. Listened some more. Then I asked if I could pray with him. He said, yes, please do. So I prayed with him for a while. I closed the prayer. He thanked me. Shook my hand. We're not allowed to hug. He went back to his cell. And I was looking in particular as I listened to him to see if I thought he was going to be okay. Well, I know the man needs help, but I didn't think he was in any 
position where he was going to kill himself. Because he said that he needed to get through this. He said he needed to take care of it. He needed to clean himself up and get out. And so when I got back to my office, I contacted the uh, psychiatric department. I said, yeah, I was just to visit this guy. I, I don't think there's an emergency, but he needs to be seen and talk to someone as soon as possible. Then I went to log the information in to say that I had been to see him, and I found out he was a Muslim. And I became concerned about the fact that I had prayed for him and ended the prayer as I so often do in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I ended up actually talking to the imam who was who was there, I said, I, I, I did this thing. Was it a terrible thing that I did? And he's like, well, you didn't know. If, if you prayed like that with me, I might be a little bothered by it. But if you didn't know who I was, I, I, I think it's forgivable. And the imam later told me that after speaking with this young man and counseling them, that he very much appreciated the fact that I was there to pray with him. Even though I was from a different faith, he appreciated the fact that I cared enough to spend the time with him, to listen to him, to mourn with him as he was mourning. Finally, this past Friday, I met with a young man whose wife had just died on the July 5th. I was meeting with him on Friday. It was the day of her funeral. He was nearing the end of his sentence. In fact, he was in, he was in the area where they put people who were actually getting ready to get out. So he had less than a month, less than a month, and he was missing his wife's funeral. So I sat with him, and I mourned with him, and I prayed with him. It's hard to know what to do in these circumstances, isn't it? You, you, you want to say something. You want to say something. But we look back at the circumstances, particularly in our, in our own lives, and we think of the things that people have said to us when we were mourning, and it never helps, does it? My boss tells me that what we're doing is a ministry of presence. The important thing is that we are there. 
It's not what we say. It's not what we do. The important thing is that we're there. There are so many people in our lives that that's all they need is someone to be there. They may not be mourning the loss of a loved one. They might be, they might be mourning other things. We don't think sometimes about mourning as, as, as anything other than the loss of a loved one, but there's a lot of things we can mourn, aren't there? There might be someone who's like new in this community who is mourning from their old home. They miss where they live. They miss their friends. They miss their acquaintances. They miss their neighborhood. They're in mourning. And we have the opportunity to mourn with them. A ministry of presence. Of being there. A lot of people are very lonely and just need someone to talk to. And here we are, able to mourn with them, rejoice with them, absolutely. Mourn with them if we can, a ministry of presence. All we need to do is be there. All we need to do is love them as we are loved. Love them as we are told to love. In addition to suddenly getting to preach at our service this morning, I also had the joy of doing the children's message. The very simple message to the kids, everybody you meet in your entire life, God loves them. God loves everybody you're ever going to meet, whether you like them or not. God loves them. I think that's an important thing for us to remember, an important thing for us to be reminded when we see people who are having hardships, we see people in a low position, we can be there for them. To mourn with those who mourn, to live in harmony. This program has been copyrighted under the Creative Commons Attributes Non-Commercial Share-Alike License.
would like to contact Colin, please feel free to email colinroberts412 at gmail.com. As we leave this place, let us go looking for those who need us. Surely there is someone out there who needs our ears. And if one of you is someone who needs someone's ears, find someone to talk to. Because we're here for that. Amen.